LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. Hundreds. Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over a hundred years ago. Hey folks, everybody, it's Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and I am, well, guess I'm tired of doing the Texas two-step, folks. If you guys have your uh, ability right here, right now to click the like button, I know I haven't said shit yet, but help me out, hit the like button, let's get some people in here. Also, if you can share this thing out there on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, really super appreciate it. And also, if you haven't already subscribed, please please consider subscribing. All right. Well, with that, folks, I swear to God, every time something comes up, I feel like it's Groundhog Day again, guys and gals. I feel like we are always knocking a domino over this way. Only behind us is some little dude running behind us, setting them all up again. Like, but more like, instead of it just being the one we knocked over, it's like every time we knock over one lie, there's 10 more lies they come up to fill its spot and they come up and fill its spot and nobody knows what to do. And so the first person out to shoot with a hot take is the one that's going to get it. And there we are once again, left completely without a voice. And I mean, I kid you not, David Sirota put out a tweet the other day that talked about how, you know, we talk about follow the money and yet with all the, people that are supposed to be journalists covering politics. There's like less than 50 people that cover all this uh, financial information. Very few people covering economic discussions. Well, I can tell you right now, as a guy who covers economic discussions, most of y'all don't share this stuff. I'm not joking. Most of you don't share it. And then when you do share it, it probably just sits there, right? Sits there. No one likes it. No one comments. Nobody does nothing right? But each step through this process, every single step through this process, from inflation stories to how we spend for war, to the battles that we're facing for domestic policy, to all the other aspects of climate crisis, you name it. We are literally left to sift through this menagerie of lies and, and nonsense that comes at us and being able to take that information and process it. It's like, it almost requires you to have a framework of analysis of things that you know, to be true, that you can filter the information through. And so you know, I kept thinking to myself, well, my God, you know, isn't this kind of the point of modern monetary theory, right? Is to provide you, with a lens to view current topics, current information, the stuff, the news, whatever politicians are telling you, et cetera. That's the point. It's not like suddenly we're implementing a new system. We already know that's not true because MMT, modern monetary theory, describes the very system that we have today. It doesn't describe some future system. It describes the one we have today. So we're left in these very, very awkward situations. And I know you understand this because I'm sure every one of us has been through it. Where you're trying to have a conversation about any subject and you don't have the basis, the foundation, the basic understanding of just ground zero agreed upon. So they say tomato, you say tomato, you say black, they say white. And what's the difference? Who's right? Who's wrong? Does it matter? And ultimately, without some form of lens, some form of means of assessing things you know to be true, everything will come off as a conspiracy. Everything will come off in a way that makes you afraid. Different tribal groups will click together and come up with narratives that they'll spread and tell and unfortunately, we have no common framework, no common understanding of the situations that we all face today and that we're going to be facing, especially as the next wave of political um, 
discussions start happening next wave of campaigning starts happening etc we have no framework by which to base anything on so what does that do it reduces us back to red team versus blue team and nothing fundamentally changes yet again because that's the only thing that people can say they they, they're like okay i identify as blue i identify as red and that's it that's the end of the story it's the end of the discussion because ultimately there's so much shit coming at us at all angles loud hawkers like coney island hawking hey listen over here guys listen over here this is the thing we're talking about now over here right here right here hey come on over here blah, blah, blah. and it doesn't matter if they're saying anything they're louder than the other people they're louder and so naturally it draws everyone over to listen to the drivel to listen to the garbage and that garbage is repeated by two friends and so on but the truth dies on a vine. The truth literally dies on a vine. And every single time the subjects that we need to discuss come up, there is a million distractions. And for every one word of stupidity that's typed out there, for every dumb live stream that's put out there, okay, it takes probably 20 live streams to disabuse it and to debunk it because it's so easy to just so discord and so ignorance and so questioning uh like you know you have no idea sell confusion it's so easy to sell you on anything other than the truth and when the truth doesn't match up with the conspiracy that you've been fed it's hard to understand anything and so you know i keep thinking to myself the most important thing is truth you know i might be i might be autistic myself and some level on the spectrum because i literally can't stand not being told the truth. I can't stand any lie getting by, any misrepresentation getting by, no matter how small. I can't just let the little things go. I can't. And I I, I assume part of that is part of my chemical makeup, part of my bio, biological makeup maybe. But I literally would rather find out that I'm going to get killed in five minutes than live in a lie that, if you know I'm going to die in five minutes, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense to you all or not. But for me, I need to know the truth. I need to know. I have a need to know. Okay. And so in this tiny little world of people that understand modern monetary theory, even within our little world of MMTers, and if you're not a modern monetary theory person and you don't understand what I'm talking about, I'll give a short description of it here in a moment. But what I want to say is for the people that are already in the MMT community that follow us and listen to us, I, I know you've seen it. There's factions even in the MMT community. There's factions. And those factions won't support Group A because they don't like this guy or they won't support Group B because they don't like this guy or they won't Group C because they don't like this guy each time it's they don't like this guy and they don't like this guy and ultimately there's one guy and that's me so i don't understand it but whatever it's their call they don't have to like me um i still share their shit regardless it's just not reciprocated but the point i'm making here is this even in the space of people that understand things right there's disagreement so it's really hard to get a bead on everything right it's really hard like for example in Randall Ray's brand new book that he's just now getting ready to release, and I'll be interviewing here, him here this afternoon, later on after I get off work. But that book that he is putting out is making money work for us. And in the very, very beginning of the book, the very beginning of the book, one of the first things that it says is it talks about monetary sovereignty. It talks about countries that are monetarily sovereign. We talk about monetary sovereignty and we tell people that. And we've got a bunch of people that tell us, hey, the, we don't like that word sovereignty. We should be using monetary capacity or we should be using this. And all of a sudden there's like all this freaking hand wringing and navel gazing about terms and trying to change the terms. But I'm sitting there saying what the OG of MMT says. I'm saying the words that Warren uses, that, that, that Randall Ray uses, that Bill Mitchell uses, that Stephanie Kelton herself uses in her books. And her tweets, I didn't come up with most of this stuff. Most of this stuff is stuff that I gleaned from reading their information. Okay. But even in that space, it's like, 
there's always someone coming up with some new way of trying to say the same thing. And there's obviously private little groups that get together to talk about this stuff. And that information doesn't make it out. And then you say the thing that is in Randall Ray's book and in Moser's book and in Mitchell's work. And uh, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I know MMT, right? And, and all of a sudden, no, 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 it's now monetary capacity. It's not monetary sovereignty. You're saying this word that isn't right. Blah, blah, blah. And so this is me, a guy that has been doing this now for 12, 13 years. I don't know, going back to 2007, 8, 9 time frame. And, uh, you know, I say to myself, gosh, if I'm getting these terms wrong, if I'm getting called out or if I'm being avoided because I'm saying it in a way that they don't like or whatever, how much more challenging is it going to be for the JV, for the newly recruited, for the non-initiated, for the person first walking in to hear about modern monetary theory for the first time. Now, mind you, I want to be crystal clear. You've got to debunk and demystify all the myths and legends that socialists have told each other because Marx didn't explicitly understand what a fiat currency did. He was in a commodity-driven gold standard era, okay, did not have any understanding of non-commodity money, had no understanding of state theory of money by Friedrich Knapp, had no understanding of what it meant at all. But the people that follow Marx are absolutely dead set positive. They understand and they think that we're supposed to just get rid of money, period. They don't understand that even in Star Trek, they had a type of money. Okay. There's always some means of doing accounting to make sure real resources are distributed in a certain way. Now, what we have today, I wouldn't call fair and equitable by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But I will tell you that there's always been some form of money, whether it be a piece of paper or whether it be in your little phaser and you scoot it up to 12 parsecs or whatever the fuck ever is the unit of account in the future world. There's always some form of money. Okay. This concept that we don't need money and all, it's a fairy tale. And even, even if, oh my God, even if hypothetically we could get rid of money, which we can't, but if we could, it wouldn't be anytime soon. Have you paid attention to the world around you? Do you see people that are even marginally socialist in the mainstream? No. Do you see people who are even marginally aware of modern monetary theory? No. I assure you, it is the real one percenters that understand this stuff. So then you layer in a bunch of other esoteric concepts that you want to layer on top of the basic fundamentals that a currency issuing nation can never go broke denominated on debt denominated its own currency. Once you get past that, if you've muddled that shit up, then you've got nothing. If you muddle up the idea that federal taxation is not reused to spend on other goods and services because dollars brought back as a tax are extinguished. They've done their job. The government spent it in, they taxed it out. If that isn't kind of just common core knowledge, if some ass licker comes out and starts saying, well, actually, Stephen, the TGA is there. We must account for the taxes, you know, the, the general account, the Treasury's general account, actually, blah, 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 right? There's not a single voter out there, not a one, not one fucking voter out there that cares about the treasury's general account. They barely care about the fact that the government creates money when it spends and deletes it when it taxes. They barely get on board with that, much less breaking it down into the widgets. Well, actually, when we record a reserve in the left side of the ledger, and then we spend that money out in the right side of the ledger, and then we swap the asset. I'm telling you right now, this is all really important information for people that are going to be doing the accounting. But for the rank and file down here, we cannot get them to understand that the Rothschilds are not controlling their money. They don't understand that Congress is what drives spending of money. They don't understand the role of the Federal Reserve, but they've been lied to and told this shit so much, so unbelievably much that nothing you say will penetrate that. But there's always a bunch of people running behind you, like like freaking just 
streaming behind you to correct you on the most minutia-like thing, the most minutiae little thing. They come, I got to tell you all about the reserve accounting. My God, what are you talking about? There's reserves never, never, never. And it's like, whoa, dude, hold on. I'm trying to save lives. These people over here think the federal government has to borrow money from China still. That's the level we're at, folks. If we think we've got this mass understanding of MMT all around the world, boy, are we wrong. And even if we're right, there's no one, unfortunately, bold enough in the media. There's no one that is willing to lift up activist level people. And if they do, it's only special activist people that maybe fell in line and stayed and ate their peas and did the things in the proper good boy lemming fashion. They stayed in line. They didn't break stride. They didn't do their own thing. They stayed right over there, right? Those people, maybe they get elevated. Maybe. Maybe. But unfortunately, the information, the information is so rarely put out there in a coherent fashion, in a way, like, what would you think if I said we were going to tax, to offset, to create fiscal space, to create new spending? That's uh, okay. But why? Why? You know what I mean? Why? The bottom line here is, is that in the end, federal taxation is different than local and state taxation. Why? Because the entity collecting the tax at the federal level is a different relationship than the entity at the state and local level collecting the tax. Why? The federal government is the currency issuer. And so when issues currency and it brings it back, what the fuck does it need it for? The federal government doesn't require an income. We should be able to all agree on this. Soup to nuts. Fuck inflation. Fuck everything else. This is not a discussion about inflation. It's a simple fact. It's a statement of truth. It's a simple, absolute truth. When the federal government writes a bill, it sends those instructions to the Treasury and to the Federal Reserve. Treasury, so it knows who it's supposed to send payments to, the Federal Reserve, so it credits the Treasury's appropriate accounts so it can spend. Who gives a shit about that, though? Do you really care about the step that Congress wrote the bill, wrote a bill, wrote a bill, then went ahead, passed it to the president. President went, okay, signed, bill then slid that across the way. And then Federal Reserve says, he said to enter 20 parsecs into the persnippity, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, uh. So now that's all then. And then all of a sudden the treasury goes, who do we spend it to? Oh, it says we need to send one check for 50 to so-and-so, one check for so-and-so, one check for so-and-so. They go, okay, check written. And all of a sudden deposits are made in people's accounts. This is one of those truisms that shouldn't need to be debated anymore at all. It shouldn't even need to be talked about at all. But alas, we are literally dealing with less than 1% of society that gets what I just said. Less than 1%. You thought Jill Stein's numbers in the presidential election were bad? Wait till you see how few really understand MMT. And forget MMT. Like MMT allows us because it's a hashtag. You can go search out. If you go search out on MMT or learn MMT, you'll find tons and tons and tons of tweets, tons and tons of great uh, memes and great threads that will help you better understand the subject. And you could read for days all the information that's there if you just do a simple search on a hashtag. All right. But that said, people won't do that. And so we're left with either thick books and even the deficit myth. Let me, let me just tell you this. The deficit myth is a great book and it's a beginner level book. And it's a kind of book that if you don't know anything about MMT, it'll get you to the point where you know a little something about MMT. And that might be enough for the average voter if we can get them to understand. The problem I have even with the deficit myth and other things, is this. People overly assimilate 
or overly assume a relationship between the Democratic Party and modern monetary theory, one that does not exist, one that is not real, okay? There are people in high places that would like very much to penetrate and work through the Democratic Party and get them to understand because, let's be fair, the Green Party's got no juice, it's got no gas, it's got no nothing, no energy, no momentum. They don't organize well. They don't fundraise for their own candidates. They don't have an infrastructure to support candidates. It is a really, 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 really difficult place to have any kind of success whatsoever. Okay. There are people here and there that great, but there are no candidates outside that shitty duopoly. And it's not because they're not good people. It's not because they couldn't be good candidates, but once you get elected into office, now, what do you do? You got to play ball. You got to make something happen. Right. And even if you could do that, Democrats aren't letting them on. They're not even letting most of them onto the goddamn ballot. So getting rid of the idea that this is a democratic economic idea, it's not. The Republicans have been wielding MMT knowledge since the end of the Bretton Woods Accord. Okay. The Democrats have been doing the same thing, but they play games with your mind and make you think that they're not. But the truth is, is that wealth inequality and wealth inequality is exacerbated so severely because they understood it, because they exact uh, exacted a price on we the people. We're sitting here still stuck, fending off all the lies from our friends fending off all the lies from the mainstream media and fending off lies that we've created in our own head. And worse, because there's this weird simpatico bullshit with the right wing now with some former lefties that are now starting to become like more of a anti-establishment only, like the, no ideological uh, pulse, no compass, just anti-establishment. I get the sentiment. I have a bit of that in me myself but not enough of it in me to ignore leftist framing, leftist analysis, leftist understanding. Okay. So anyway, long story short, because we've got guy like Bernie Sanders and here you go. <laughs> I would ask you more, but you're not on here with me, but you know, obviously with Bernie Sanders, he had Stephanie Kelton on his staff. He did nothing with it. Nothing. He gave her a platform. That's a good thing, but he never said it. And, to me, that's not a big deal because I knew the truth. I didn't require Bernie Sanders telling me the truth. I didn't require Bernie being an economist when he's not an economist. Just like I don't require Chris Hedges to be an economist. I just wish he'd stay away from reporting on the economy until he takes time to learn how federal finance works. Okay. There's a lot of folks out there. And in fact, one of the things that came to me, okay, one of the toughest things that came to me. Guys like Ro Khanna, I'm glad you brought that up. Guys like Ro Khanna, I spoke to him face-to-face. -face. We've had other people on our team speak to him face-to-face. -face. We've had people in high places speak to Ro face-to-face. Ro is aware of MMT. Ro doesn't say shit about it. Nina Turner asking if she can interview the world. This is someone who could be a huge megaphone for this kind of knowledge, but instead, I've not seen her taken on. And with all due respect to David Sirota, he's had plenty of opportunities. He hasn't taken it on. Bree Joy has taken steps in that direction. But I want you to know every single time you turn on a leftist media outlet, every time you turn on mainstream media outlet, every time you turn on right wing and alt media, you're getting fed a bunch of bullshit about the economy, about how Fed finance works. And so it's it's hard to fend off all the mistruths, all the misinformation, all the fake news. And simultaneously, the hardest part is these are fellow travelers. They're your friends. They're your allies. They're the ones that will go into battle with you, but they don't have the right information. And since they don't have the right information, they don't put us in the right space. But because they're on the inside and we're on the outside, they're the ones that are guiding tons and tons of people off the cliff. And that's a real challenge. That's a real challenge. That's a real challenge because you don't want to be mad and you don't want to be shitty to your same team, but they are literally doing the damage. And when I started this off, I talked about how us MMTers are out there, knock down one domino, but behind us, there's some patsy 
It thinks the Democrats are good, voting blue wave, shit like that, watches a bunch of alt media with people that talk about stupid shit like the Rothschilds and the creature from Jekyll Isle and my hard-earned tax dollars and crap like that. Can't help it, I guess. That's what people are doing, sad but true. And then now you've got to disabuse them. Now think about this. You have a conversation with somebody, you like teach them all these things, you get them so where they're right there. They're right there. They're in the moment. They got it. It's all penetrating. They walk away. I don't know, like someone like a Jimmy Dore, maybe. You tell him this stuff and he's like nodding with you and you're like, fuck yes, Jimmy Dore's got it. Or you're like, fuck yeah, the Humanist Report, Mike Figueroa's got it. Or so, And the next time you see them live, they're out there talking to a Bitcoin person or they're talking to some establishment person and they're going along with the narrative. In Jimmy's case, it's typically Bitcoin and other right-wing libertarian style economic voices. Or, or worse, someone like a Richard Wolf who really, truly does not understand fiat money at all, okay? But the rest of them are the same. Pick your poison. I give Jordan tons of credit. He may not have all the same politics that I have, but one thing's for sure. He's given a platform to MMT over there at Status Quo. Whether you like everything he says or not is irrelevant. You like everything I say is irrelevant. The point is, is that, there are very few outlets that are actually platforming the real story. So I'll sit here in front of 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, maybe by the time it's all said and done after a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe get to six, seven, 800 views, maybe. And I could lay out the most coherent MMT story. I could have every guest tell you exactly that. But if you're not part of the in crowd, if you don't eke in there and say the things they say and talk about ivermectin or some other thing, if you don't shit all over masking, if you don't shit all over, you know, anything that they feel is what you need to be, you're done. They don't hear anything else. And that includes the economic discussion. Okay. And as a result, because ivermectin outweighed all the most important things about how federal finance works and how global finance works, since that was pushed to the side in favor of conspiracies involving shitcoin and other crypto crap that were every day pump, 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 pump. But you got the ivermectin pump, 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 pump. So between ivermectin and Bitcoin, those people didn't hear the MMT story. And those that did hear the MMT story didn't give a flying fuck how many people died as long as they got to talk ivermectin and whatever. They did not stay on the true story about the economics. And because of that, once again, we knock over one domino. They're behind us busy putting 10 more dominoes up in front of it. For every one word of bullshit they say, it takes 10,000 words to disabuse them because the truth is harder to push forward than the lies. And the lies travel just exponentially faster. They're fact-free, so you don't need to know anything meaningful. You can just say whatever you'd like to say, and it'll stick. And, and that's because of the misinformation propaganda that we are under, living under, and been trapped under to the point where we don't even, we can't even sit still long enough to hear an hour of important information. As long as it's conspiracy driven and it's exciting, maybe. If people are making us laugh, maybe. If what, you know, if it's TikTok, maybe. But the average people, they're not. They're not. And you can sure as hell guarantee that without some person like myself pushing other people to talk about MMT. Many of the people that have recently learned MMT go right back to sleep, start talking about nonsense again. They'll be focusing on chasing this rabbit down this hole and chasing that rabbit down that hole. You know, it is impossible to make any kind of meaningful progress without finding a way past that lie, past that big wall of I'm not letting you through, through excommunicating, through absolutely pushing bullshit out the door. I mean, think about this. You talk about imperialism. One of the big things about the left is to be anti-imperial, and it's with good cause, to be anti-colonial, to be anti-imperial. This is a very vital thing, and you see the evidence of this with the global south being treated like an open-air plantation that we just pick from and steal from. 
Okay. And most of these people don't care about that. Why? Because as long as they get cheap food or they get cheap gas or they get cheap cars, or they get cheap clothes, they don't care. Okay. They don't care. And unfortunately, though, that relationship right there, that relationship between empire and colonial, uh, you know, co the colonies that are out there in the global south, because that is so poorly understood, people just make up stories. They, they come up with stories, right? And the left is just, just absolutely awful on this side. And this is our team, right? This is our gang. This is who we've got to go to war as our fellow you know, warriors in arms here. We literally have to go to war. They have to be on our team. We have to go out there. But they're not willing. They're not willing. And part of that is, is that, you know, this is kind of paradigm shifting. It's hard to understand some of this stuff. They've got a blocker. Many people have blockers. Many people have been fed a lot of shit from both right-wing sources, left-wing sources, centrist sources about the con uh, concept of banking and who does what and what does who and so forth. So I understand the resistance to this information because I once resisted it myself. But you can't make any progress. And if the entire time you're trying to get this information out there, the cool kids that have the big platforms that say all the hot takes and just say things that right there, they've already put 10 dominoes behind you. You knock down one, you've got 10 more to go. You got to turn around and knock down 10 more because your friends are busy filling the minds of other people with incorrect information. And I don't know how to get past that. I really don't. I really don't. I've been doing this for a long time, long time. And I see people get a moment where they get it, but then they get sidetracked and they're out there talking about stock markets and they're out there talking about zeitgeist and they're out there talking about other crap, just trash. You say you want Medicare for all, but yet you don't know how to answer the question, how are you going to pay for it? How the fuck are you going to make that happen? You say you want to survive climate crisis. And yet they're telling you they can't afford to do the things we need to do. We inherently should know already that's not true, but you can't answer the question. So how are you going to pay for it? You don't even know what's in the Green New Deal because a bunch of Tulsi crats went out there and lied about what the Green New Deal was because they were so busy selling the off act. They didn't have a fucking clue what the Green New Deal was. They just knew the Democrats said it. It's got to be bad. And the Democrats usually do say stupid shit. Okay. But that doesn't mean that the Green New Deal is bad. The Green New Deal was a framework, meaning it's a frame. What does a frame look like? Well, it's like a house without any rooms, without walls yet. You haven't put them up yet. It's a framework. It's like a barn raising. You got the frame of the barn. You have no idea what rooms are going to be in there. You have no idea what colors the paint is. You have no idea of any of the details. You only know the framework. And the framework for the Green New Deal talked about a just transition. What's a just transition? A just transition for if I'm a coal worker and I am very, very hell-bent on being a coal worker and unfortunately they're doing away with coal and now I've got to find something to do and in my area there's no work. So what is a just transition? A just transition provides them with a, a, a salary that is commensurate with the, what they were making and provides them access into the green world to doing work in the future sense and provides them training and other things. That's called a just transition. What's the cost of that? I don't know. Does it matter? It only matters to people that don't understand MMT. If you understand MMT, the dollars aren't going to be the thing you ever talk about. You could give a shit about them. But if you don't, you're going to be like, well, I ain't going to pay for it. So the just transition also has a job guarantee in it. If people didn't even talk. It made me so disgusted that these OFAC folks didn't know what the fuck a federal job guarantee was, but they had things to say. Of course they had things to say because that's what they did. Now Tulsi's busy hanging out at Fox News. You know, she earned her job over there at Fox, right? There's a lot of people out there followed that trash. And it was trash. Make no mistake about it. She thought taxes fund spending. She thought that we should have a basic income. She was everything a libertarian is. 
and she didn't understand the economics and she was at Sanders Institute and she had access and she still didn't know and didn't care and her followers didn't know and didn't care. I mean, this is serious shit, folks. And this is the balkanization that that's the tribalism. Team Tulsi didn't give a flying fuck about economics. And the economics they said sounded exactly as if I was talking to someone from Von Mises or Ayn Rand Society. Oh, you print money, you're going to cause hyperinflation. You're going to hyperinflation. You're going to Team Tulsi. Hyperinflation. Hyperinflation. I, I mean, literally infuriating. But that's what we got. How do you fix that? How do you fix that? And I'm talking, I, I talked about this the other day. But with Jordan, Jordan covers all the water crises around the country. The only guy that really consistently does this stuff and stays there after the cameras and lights are off. Give him credit for that because that's good. But the truth is that we know as MMTers, federal government could fix that right now. But there's no organizing around that. You see people organizing to deliver free water, but you don't see them organizing to solve the problem. You don't see them organizing to demand the federal government have this. You don't see them organizing to do any of that. Why is that? Because they are not part of the 1% that actually understands MMT. So they're busy running around with this right-wing talking points and they swear to christ they think that they are lefties they are literally preaching right-wing ideology they're preaching fucking sound finance which is right-wing conservative ideology and swear to god they're a lefty sound finance socialist what a joke but this is what we're dealing with and i'm not joking I'm trying to show you that. So when you look at the framework of the Green New Deal, I talk about just transition. I talked about a federal job guarantee. But then over here, we have Medicare for all. Why is that? Because if you're going to be displacing people from jobs and because you're trying to ensure that people are able to survive climate crisis and be able to focus the energy and resources towards climate crisis instead of the insurance industry, okay, we know that Medicare for all on its own is deflationary. In other words, it gets rid of a shit ton of jobs. It makes things incredibly efficient. And what happens? What is inefficiency? Inefficiency is transactions, lots of them, okay? Lots and lots and lots of preventable, unnecessary transactions and steps in the process meant to keep you from service. So by eliminating all that and just making healthcare free, and passing that off to the federal government to administer and whoever runs Medicare for all national would be the ones doing this. stuff. Well, you've just lost jobs because you've laid people off or you put them elsewhere. Or maybe we use a just transition to move them into the new world, whatever it is. The fact is, it's deflationary. OK, so Medicare for all deflationary job guarantee, just transition. OK. Ah, let's go ahead and get rid of fossil fuels, transition away from fossil fuels. The one thing the Off Act talked about. There you go. So we have one point of, but they because they don't have a, any kind of a systems approach to looking at policy. They have no idea how to systematically look at the economy, look at society, and be able to build a program that addresses the impacts, the inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques of a change such as a Green New Deal. And as a result, they not only didn't know anything about the financing of it, they didn't understand what it even stood for. They didn't even understand what was packaged into it or what would be packaged into it. And they fought against it for fuck's sake. No joke. They fought against it. They fought against it, guys and gals. But then you start looking at infrastructure. Rebuilding the grid, the power grid, all these steps through this process, rebuild society, the scaffolding. Think of it as scaffolding, a structure. They didn't know that. Why? Because information wasn't 
distributed. If Bernie said it, it must have been an idiot because everybody knows Bernie's a sellout was all they could think of. Okay, fine. Read the fucking bill. We talked about it ad nauseum. I didn't see almost anyone hashtagging Green New Deal. I didn't see almost anyone going out there and fighting day in, day out. To this day, I still talk about Green New Deal. I look around. I don't see any of you motherfuckers out there talking about a Green New Deal. I don't fucking understand why. You're waiting for fucking Bernie to tell you it's okay to talk about a Green New Deal? You waiting for John Yarmouth to decide not to retire and tell you about a Green New Deal? You waiting for AOC to perform on GQ magazine and before you talk about a Green New Deal? What is it going to take for you to force them? Stop waiting for them to tell you this stuff. Well, you can't because too many people are busy telling you. Too many people are busy telling you that a Green New Deal isn't good. It was the off-act. You need to follow Tulsi over there to Fox News, right? Right? Telling you go buy Bitcoin because it's good for the environment. The fucking idiots, right? This is the kind of shit you have been fed and we've been fed and it stands in the way of the knowledge. Now, what if I told you that making college education free should be is part of a Green New Deal? Why is that? Because we want to train people for the next for the, for the jobs of the future, this new world. Because what happens? They make big sweeping changes, and the little guy, you and I, are left behind. We're left behind. We weren't included in the process. We weren't trained. We weren't given any kind of uh, pathway into uh, you know, the new world at all. And so as a result of this stuff, we don't have any kind of moment to move forward. None. Zero. And so talking about all this stuff, you get excited. The next, this, this next ramp up, this next uh, election cycle, what do you think you're going to talk about? They're going to talk about inflation and they're going to talk about abortion. They're going to talk about giving people freebies on the dole for the student debt elimination. They're going to talk about all this stuff. Why is that? Because no one fucking cleared the runway and explained how the finance worked. No one did. No one did. Or few did but they were ignored. Why is that? This weird thing. This is the weirdest thing. I swear to God, it's the weirdest thing. It's, it's, I'm sure it's not unique to the MMT world, but it appears to be within the MMT community. Many people just won't share each other's work. So that work, whether it be macro and cheese or whether it be something else, people just won't share it. They won't click like, and they won't click share. It's this weird, weird thing. I don't know how to fix that either, but it goes beyond the MMT community. It's each of these little groups, the right wing and the establishment. They're in lockstep. They don't even need, they're fact free. They don't care. They just say whatever they want to say. And it's all good. And you're done. That's it. You're going back to brunch, going back to lunch, going back to dinner, go bounce your kid on their knee, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not fucking matter. So. We're trapped and we're angry. All the lies coming at us, all these things coming at us, we're angry. And we're so angry that the most basic truths in front of us are blocking us. Now, I want to tell you this, and I think that anybody with a brain can see this. Our political system is completely captured. It's completely captured. It's captured and so much of what we get excited about and we watch is just performative. It's just political theater. It's not real. I imagine they rehearse this shit in the bowels of the Capitol before they go out to the press conference or whatever. I imagine they rehearse these things in Zoom calls. They already know the performative nature of what they're going to say and do, and they go out there and just role play this cosplay politics. So I believe a lot of the shit that's pumped at us is just nonsense, just meant to keep us stupid, to keep us completely disconnected, disengaged, feeling powerless. And, uh, and it works. I mean, it works because you, you, you can't tell people, Hey, don't vote. Because if you tell people, Hey, don't vote, what if voting's real? And now all of a sudden you got a bunch of people unmotivated to vote and the, the bad guys win every time. The problem is who's the bad guys? The bad guys, the people that are overtly against a Green New Deal and just outright don't want one, 
or are the bad guys, the people that pretend like they're on your side, say it, but never bring it to a vote. Never, ever keep talking about it in public. Don't don't willingly give up their seat by fighting tooth and nail for truth because they're too busy holding on to power for themselves. I don't know the answer to that. I don't. But I do know this. It's gotten to the point when you think about the Kenty cloth performative art with Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them taking a knee. They got the thinker pose down, the superhero pose down with their their Kenty cloth. And you just feel like, you know, I, I was waiting for Nancy Pelosi to come down from the ceiling in like a Superman landing where she's got the one arm back and one arm down. Superman, you know, the, the superhero landing, right? The power landing looks down, looks up. I can envision that, right? Because that's kind of shit they're trying to put out. That will resonate with these fucking dumb fucks. That'll resonate with people that aren't dumb fucks, sadly, too. Okay? And that is the kind of thing. That is the kind of thing that takes the place of any of this conversation about a green new deal takes the place of any of this discussion about monetary operations. And I'm not talking, I want to be crystal clear. I am not talking about teaching you T accounts and reserve accounting and, and literally showing you uh, balance of payments between foreign entities and stuff like that. I'm not taking you down strawberry fields and, you know, out there in Penny Lane and walking you through all these crazy things. I'm not doing it. Why? Because most people don't want to hear it anyway. But for the few people that do want to hear it, there are people that really do know this shit. Sam Levy put out a great paper the other day. Guys like Eric Timoyne put out great information about this stuff. Scott Fulweiler, so many. You want to learn that deeper stuff? I strongly suggest you do. And you can go to Levy. Uh, Institute, and they got all sorts of white papers. You can check out CFEPS. You can check out Bill Mitchell's blog, Billy blog. You can check out Warren Mosler's stuff. You can check out Kelton's stuff on the lens, Nathan Tankus, the modern money. Now, all kinds of folks out there that will give you these really, really deep dives into deep, deep, deep accounting. But if you can't get people to understand the United States doesn't borrow money from China, we're lost. That's the most basic fucking thing in the world. If you can't get them to that point, we're lost. If you can't get people to realize that the United States doesn't borrow its own currency from anyone, that it literally sells bonds as a means of monetary control in terms of interest rates, not to fund the government. And that it's really just a savings account for people that already have dollars. Because you can't buy a bond without U.S. dollars. You cannot buy a U.S. bond without U.S. dollars. It's not for sale in Chinese dollars. It's not for sale in Russian money. It's not in sale in Australia. And it's not in sale in Canadian or African or, you know, Zimbabwean or freaking Argentina. Any of it. Nothing. Only U.S. dollars. Why do you think that is? The United States government creates U.S. dollars out of thin air. And simultaneously needs to borrow the U.S. dollars from some, it just doesn't make sense, does it? Think about what I'm saying to you. If you can't get that most basic thing down, we're fucked. But why are we fucked? We're fucked because there's so much misinformation out there. And so the most basic rudimentary things end up being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. How do I answer this question? Oh, my God, it's better to just say, yeah, you're right, and just go on. And all the while, you don't know any better. All the while, you don't know any better. I think as a tie-up on this one here, we have got to find a way to pull lefties together to understand macroeconomics. We need to get righties to understand it as well. And I hate to break this to you, but I think a lot of right-wingers find it easier to understand federal finance than lefties. That's got me crazy. Because the right will use it to absolutely demonic precision. They'll fatten the military. They'll come after you and I. And when I say the right, you notice I didn't say the Republicans or Democrats. There are no lefties in power right now. They're all righties. They're all right-wingers up there. Varying degrees of right-wing, but there are no lefties up there. And as a result of that, 
You're not going to get this. You're not going to get this from them. You have to make demands that they acknowledge it. And you have to start taking direct action to force this. If you just sit back and wait for the academics, they're not going to push you to the streets. The academics are going to go to a conference. They're going to do a panel discussion. They're going to talk about things. They're going to try and work it out. Great, great panel discussion the other day uh, by Kate Raworth with Jason Hickel and another capitalist dude talking about green growth versus degrowth. That was fantastic. It was a great conversation. But it was far less basic than the regular people need, unfortunately. And so academics deal at a different level. For activists, for people that are just voting, for people that have to get activated and go out in the street, take time off from work to fight for this stuff, you got to know this stuff for different reasons. Let them prove it in white papers. Let them prove it amongst peers. Let them get peer-reviewed. Let them fight the ivory tower of academia. Thank you so much, Lisa. I got a super chat here. I really appreciate it. It's been light today, but I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for that. Um, but I think that it's really super important that we figure this stuff out and figure it out quickly. Um, because this is going to be a wash, rinse, repeat. And after a while, you start asking yourself if doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity, maybe it's time I get off this train. Maybe it's time I get off the merry-go-round. If we can't crack the seal on this, if we can't get people to you know, own up to this and, and recognize, we can't get people to even share the stuff. We're going to be left with those people that don't know their ass from their elbow, cheerleading huge people, huge platforms saying incorrect things that are taking us further and further and further away from success. And that's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. So with that in mind, it's Monday. It was a nice weekend. I was back to the grind. I got to get to a meeting for my day job. So with that, I am Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I've got this thing right here and it says, I'm out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org. 